0: this time, Stephen Andrews will come with our sermon today, Thanksgiving, sir. Yes, I've got it. I'm turning it on. Sorry about that. Hey, we're, we're there. We're hot. Sometime around um, the 1860s, somewhere around 1861 or so, This nation went to war with itself. We for us who are, in this generation, we think about the 9-11 and the Twin Towers and all of that, and maybe the Murrow Building, if you go far enough back, and some of the other terrorist things that have happened in the world. But nothing can compare to what happened in this nation when we went to war with ourselves. The, um, the count for a long time was about 620,000 dead from the Civil War. They've recently been working, I don't know whether that recent is, a few years ago or recently recent. I, I was looking up on the internet and they have come up and, and they, they figure that it, it really came up closer to 750,000 dead in the Civil War. One of the things that was, uh, that you've got to understand about the Civil War is that when they went to fight with one another, they fought hand to hand, face to face, um, and they had cannons and different things. and, And so it was a very bloody, very terrible, very awful time for this nation. In the midst of that, which is interesting, in the midst of that, this proclamation came about. Now, I want to give you a little bit of, of a history about the proclamation that um, uh, came about for Thanksgiving, which is the, this uh, coming Thursday, um, and it was, was made that in November, the last Thursday in November, uh, every year. But there was a little history behind this and I thought it was very interesting, and I went ahead and pulled it off the, uh, it's called the Abraham Lincoln Online, and uh, so, this is something I didn't really know either. This is the proclamation which set the president for America's National Day of Thanksgiving. During his administration, President Lincoln issued many orders similar to this. For example, on November 22, 1861, he ordered government departments closed for a local day of Thanksgiving. Sarah Joseph Hale, a 74-year-old magazine editor, wrote a letter to Lincoln on september twenty eighth, eighteen sixty three, urging him to have the day of our annual Thanksgiving made a national and fixed union festival. She explained, You may observe you may have observed that for some years past there have been an increasing interest felt in our land to have the Thanksgiving held on the same day in all states, and it now needs national recognition and author uh, and authority fix, uh, authoritative fixation only to become permanently an American custom and institution. Prior to this, each state scheduled its own Thanksgiving holiday for different times, mainly in New England and other northern states. President Lincoln responded to Mrs. Hale's request immediately, unlike several of his predecessors who ignored her petitions altogether. In her letter to Lincoln, she mentioned that she had been advocating a national Thanksgiving date for 15 years um, as the editor of Goody's Lady's Book. Interesting. George Washington was the first president to proclaim a day of Thanksgiving, issuing his request on October the 3rd, 1789, exactly 74 years before Lincoln's. The document below sets apart the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise. According to April 1, 1864 letter, on uh, John uh, Nicolay, one of the President Lincoln's secretaries, this document was actually written by the Secretary of the State, William Seward. I think that's how you pronounce it. And the original was in his handwriting on October 3, 1863. Fellow cabinet members, Gideon Wells, recorded in his diary how he, complimented Seward on his work. A year later, the manuscript was sold to benefit the Union troops. It's kind of interesting. So, I want you to understand, as, this is, as you listen to what is written here that Seward wrote, and think about what was going on at this particular time. It was 1863, and they were killing one another. And he was asking this nation for a time of thanksgiving and prayer. By the President of the United States, a proclamation, the year that is drawing towards its close, has been filled with blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are so ex- extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible sensible to the ever watchful presence or providence of almighty god in the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression peace has been preserved with all nations order um, peace has been preserved with all nations order has been maintained The laws have been respected and and obeyed, and the harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements. And the mines, as well as uh, uh, as well of iron and coal and precious metals, have yielded even more abundantly than hither, uh, hitherto. For population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in camp, the siege, and the battlefield. And the country, rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor, is permitted um, to accept a continuance of years with large increase of freedom no human counsel has devised nor has any mortal hand worked out these great things they are the gracious gifts of the most high god who while dealing with us in anger for our sins has nevertheless remembered mercy it has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly reverently and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning, um, sojourning day of Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwells in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to Him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national um, uh, perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, and mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently employ the uh, interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation, to restore it as soon as it may be consistent with the divine purposes, to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof, I have uh, hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. It's been done this day, uh, done uh, at the city of Washington, the third day of October, in the year of our Lord, 1,863, and the independence of the states the 88th the president by the president abraham lincoln and of course he's got william seward the secretary of state at the bottom of it who wrote the that proclamation and under that we can understand how that those people felt um, with that war going on and yet while the war was going on they they were preparing for war but they were also growing crops they were also doing things Um, in their lives, trying to um, get by and go on. And that proclamation came out while that war was going on. And from then on until today, we've been celebrating Thanksgiving on that same day throughout history since then. And it's interesting that this called up um, God's favor and penitence, because uh, they, they, they knew that it was, it was bad to be fighting with one another, to be killing one another. And they understood that. And there were those that felt it was right on the south, and those that felt it was right on the north. And they kept fighting until it was resolved. Daniel has a very interesting prayer in here. As a captive all of his life, since he was a boy, under one siege or another, whether it was Nebuchadnezzar or Darius or Sirius, Sarus, or I think that's uh, I'm not pronouncing Cyrus, Um He offered up this prayer to God for his nation. And sometimes when we read it, we think about our own nation because of the things that are, that are going on. It's not as bad as what he saw because he was sitting as a, a prisoner. He was sitting, um, they were in captivity. And it was a very um, sad thing for that nation, for Israel. And I hope when I ask God that that doesn't happen, that it might someday. Let's read chapter 9. A few verses here just to get a feeling for Daniel's prayer to God and asking him for forgiveness for the national sins. And what I'm, I'm trying to come to is that both there is a need to be thankful for the blessings that we have, as was in that proclamation, but also to understand that we need to also pray for the nation and for the sins and the things that are going on in the nation. And also pray for, our, for one another and for our own things and weaknesses. And, and that's, even though it has become a day of uh, watching football and eating turkey and getting very sleepy after you do that, it's, it's still a very important time that we need to take a few minutes. I mean, it doesn't have to be long, but a few minutes to, to think about what, has, what, what God has, is, has done in this beautiful, wonderful nation in this beautiful and wonderful country that we live in, with all the bounty that's still there. Since this proclamation, we have still been producing and we still have tremendous bounty in this this nation. God has blessed and blessed and blessed this nation so much. He says in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which uh, which was made king over the realm of Chaldeans, The first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to uh, Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face to the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed to the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from your precepts and from your judgments. Neither have we hearkened to your servants, the prophets, which spoke in your name to our kings and princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us confusion of faces as it is this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel that are near and that are far off, through all the countries that in which you have driven them because of their trespass that you have trespassed that they have trespassed against you. O Lord, to us belongs confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness. Um, Though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his ways or his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed your law, even by departing, that they might not obey your voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And you remember that, that God told them that if they they continued to the sin that he would, um, they would be scattered in the nations, and, and that he would, uh, he would put um, judgment upon them. And he has confirmed His word, when she spoke against us and against our judges, that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil, for under the whole heaven has not done as has been done upon Jerusalem, as it is written in the law of Moses. All this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayers before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore has the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon it. For the Lord our God is righteous in his works, which he does, for we obey not his voice. And sometimes when we read those words, we kind of think about that, don't we? Um, when evil does come upon us, we don't know. If it's, uh, you know, Satan working or or the God has just opened the door and allowed because we've had a very strong nation. And if it does come upon us, is it because of our sins? Daniel knew (laughs) that it was the sins of his nation. And he was praying to God because of those sins. And he was asking God for mercy. And he understood that they were being punished for their sins. Which one did I finish up? fourteen. Okay, let's go to fifteen. And now, O Lord our God, that has brought your people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and has gotten your renowned as this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to your righteousness, I beseech you, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Uh, Jerusalem and your people are become a reproach All that are about us. Now, therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of your servant and his supplications, and cause your face to shine upon your sanctuary that, that is desolate for the Lord's sake. And, O my God, incline your ear, hear, open your eyes, behold our desolations in the city which is called by your name, for we do not present our supplications before you for our righteousness, but for your great mercies. O Lord, hear, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, hearken, and do defer not uh, for your own sake, O my God, for your city and your people are called by your name. And while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplications before the Lord, my God, the holy mountain of my God, yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even... The man Gabriel came to visit upon him to give him uh, strength and help him to understand. It was a very profound prayer that Daniel, under uh, understanding that the, the, the nation that he was a part of, that God had called out of Egypt, was sitting. And they, they needed God to intervene. In the prayers in the Psalms, Let's look at some of those now about Thanksgiving. Let's go to Psalms 95, Psalm 95. There's only one Psalm in 95. Uh, Let's see, but I don't know if I can find it in here. (laughs) I guess if I get a a little further back, I might. Um, These beautiful Psalms can be taken as prayers, as thoughts on Day of, uh, of Thanksgiving Day uh, to be read and to be thought about, Psalm 95, verse 1: "O come, on, let us sing to the Lord; let us make a joyful noise to the Rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth; the strength of the hills is also." The sea is his, and he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Now it's interesting that right out of that, we had it goes right into the Hebrews and uh, those uh, Hebrews three and and, and uh, um, the author. Actually, quoted out of Harden Not Your Hearts. But I wanted to to just read that. And remember now, for those who who don't understand that God is the creator, to go and prove that. If you haven't proved that God is the powerful creator, and for those that might be listening, go and prove it so that when these words come out, you understand the, the, the power that is there because God created all those things. And we are to praise Him with thanksgiving because of His great creative ability and his great ability to, to uh, intervene in, in world affairs and, and, and personal lives. He's very much aware of what's going on in the world. And it will be by his own timing, things will, will be worked out. In Psalm 100, just the few verses here, there's not a whole lot of verses. Actually, I might just read all of it because there's only five verses. He says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know you that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, His truth endures unto all generations." Psalm 107, I mean, I could spend a lot of time on just going through the psalms because there's so many of them, and most of them are praising God and, and, and upholding God. In Psalm 107, beginning of verse 21, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. You know, that's what Jesus told us to do, wasn't it? Go and preach the gospel, the good news to all the world. And we find it all through the world, Word of God. Go and and, and show and re- rejoice in what, what God is doing. He said, Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. The kingdom of God will be on this earth. Now I know we've got to go through a great deal of problems and pain and trial and tribulations. One of these days, God's kingdom will be on this earth. And that's part of that rejoicing. They that go down to the sea, to the ships that do business in the great waters, these are the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves thereof. I wasn't going to go that many verses in that one. But just understand that the Psalms praise God and his power and his, his glory and the things that he, was, that he is able to perform and to do. Psalm 147, one forty seven, verses 6-11. through 11, The Lord lifts up the meek. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises upon the harp to, the Lord, to our God, who covers the heaven with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow upon the mountains, He gives to the beast his food, and the young ravens which cry. He delights not in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of man. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. That's who he's looking to. That's who he wants us to come before him in that way. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Today, sitting in in Iran, and I don't know how many there are, I know of at least one uh, Christian man that sits in a jail cell and being tortured. And can you imagine, day in and day out, he's having to, to pray, to ask God to be merciful, and maybe someday to release him. But maybe he knows that his reward may only be the kingdom and death. Uh, in Which he will come up into the in the resurrection, as we, are, we know that he at least one maybe more are in that prison in Iran, and you get to thinking and you read some of these psalms, and if you have them in your heart and in your mind, and of course they probably take all of that away, they pray take all of your 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 belongings away, and you just sit in there without anything, so you would have to have this in your heart and your mind. And and be able to pray that God will give you mercy and guide you and strengthen you in those situations. In Isaiah, the 51st chapter, Isaiah 51. And beginning in verse 3. Maybe I'll just begin in verse (laughs) 1. I like this. Hearken to me, you that follow after righteousness, you that seek the Lord. Look to the rock where you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit from where you are dug. Look to Abraham your father, and to Sarah that bore you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Hearken to me, my people, give ear to me, O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for the light of the people. Try to see how far I went to go. My righteousness is near, my salvation is gone forth, my arm shall judge the people, the isles shall wait upon me, and my arm shall they trust. There's a power in believing in God and what his, his mercy and all that He is going to do in the kingdom of God. And looking to all of these wonderful scriptures that, that talk about what God is going to do, what's being planned, how they're planning to bring all nations, and rule over all nations and bring peace upon this earth. Jeremiah 30, again Beginning in verse, just a couple of verses, 18 and 19. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, and have mercy on his dwelling places. And the city shall be built upon her heap, and the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. And I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. So we can, the, the idea is that God is going to bless that kingdom. It's going to bless uh, his, his people. And they are going to be rejoicing and giving thanksgiving. And let's look at the New Testament now. Because, because he, he wants us to be rejoicing today. We understand the truth of the word of God. We understand that things are being worked out. And in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, we are also toiled to be Giving thanks and, and, and thanksgiving. In verse uh, 14 and 15. Knowing that he which raised up Jesus, uh, the, uh, up the Lord Jesus, shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Isn't that glorious? Isn't that wonderful? Understanding that we're going to stand with Jesus at that day. For all things and for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many Redound or abound to the glory of God. All of those things are to the glory of God. When we stand in the, in the face of God and we, we are able to look at Jesus and, and, and God in the real flesh, because as flesh we can't, I mean in the real spirit, because flesh we would just be melted away. But that day when we are able to be there and we're able to, 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 to um, look upon there, won't we be so joyous? Won't we rebound with joy? Won't we be giving thanksgiving for all that we have been, all those blessings? In Philips, the fourth chapter, in verse six, Philippians, not Philips. Hey, I got Philip written down here. If you want to find it, I... (laughs) Philippians, four, four, verse six. (laughs) Sometimes... Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to God. So when we go to God in prayer, this is one of the things that we, we learn. Uh, you can go through and you can, you can look up all of the scriptures on, on how to pray. And, and, and you can go through and you can do a, a Bible study on prayer. And, and there's so many interesting things in there. And, and this one really stands out because in just a, a few words... He's telling us how to pray to God. He's telling us how to come before God. He says, be careful in nothing. In other words, just go after it. Be, be anxious. Don't be anxious. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Let your request be known to God. And it says, in the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and and, and minds through Jesus Christ. And of course, if you want to read verse eight, those are all the wonderful things that we, we, if we think on those things, those are those are good for our for our heart and for even meditating on the things that God has given us. Give thanks. So, let's go back to the psalm. And let's look at some things about giving thanks, because there's a lot more in this. Let's go to Psalm ninety-two as we look at giving thanks. Thanksgiving. By the way, there are more ways of looking at this and praising God and worshiping God than thanksgiving. But there's also giving, give thanks. Um, let's start with uh, verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To show forth your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with the solemn solemn sound. For you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the works of your hands. O Lord, how great are your works, and your thoughts are very deep. He says, A brutish man knows not, neither does a fool understand this. And so um, I think that was about as far as I wanted to go with that one. Let's go to Psalm 136 now. Sometimes I wish I'd learned to play some, some instruments so that I could praise God as David did. He was able to to both sing and to play, and then he he was able to write psalms, songs that uh, the glorified God. Psalm one thirty six. It's an interesting psalm too. I, um, there's a, there's a lot to this psalm, and it, it talks about all the different things that God does. And I'm not going to read all of it, but verses 1 through 3 and, and verse 26. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His mercy endures forever. O oh, give thanks to God of gods, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endures forever. And if you read that and keep reading that and reading that, you'll realize that this psalmist, his mercy endures forever. It's It's a benefit to read it because it helps you to understand God's mercy is always there, always available to us. Oh, give thanks, verse 26, to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever and ever. He has a plan. He's looking forward to fulfilling that plan. And that plan includes you and I in the kingdom where we will be praising as we do and I hope we do in our prayers. Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians 1, and beginning in verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love of all the saints, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And so, you know, if we, if we go and we look at those words, and we think about that on the, on the day of Thanksgiving, at Thanksgiving Day, that through God's wisdom and understanding, and we, we gain knowledge through his word the eye of our understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, and the fullness of him that fills all in all. And we can go, and Jesus Christ is the power, God the Father. Go to, and back to Philippians. I do have Philip back here, but I guess I better go to Philippians. Philippians 4 and verse 6 one, just one verse oh well I already, I already did that one um, I, <clears throat> let's go over to Colossians the second chapter Colossians 2 and 6 and 7 as you have therefore as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him, rooted and built in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving Paul had a way with just with words, just short sentences, so short words that just conveyed so much in 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 such a small amount of of, of, um, of words. As you have therefore received Christ, so those that have come to Christ through the, you know, through the process that is in the Bible um, repentance, baptism, acceptance of Jesus Christ as a personal Savior for the remission of sins, we've repented. We shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so we have that. And it says there then, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. So our life's endeavor is to walk as Christ walked on this earth. And I know we're very, very poor at doing that. Because there seems to be so much to distract us in this world. Rooted and built up in him, established and built up, uh, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So with all of that understanding and all that knowledge, we should be bubbling over with thanksgiving to God, being thankful for all the things that he has provided for us and the understanding of his word and his, 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 his joy and his truth that are in, in the word. In Colossians, the second chapter, um, or actually, Colossians, the fourth chapter, beginning in verse 2, He says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So part of our prayer should also be thanksgiving. We should be thanking God for the things that he is doing in our life. Giving him thanks for the the beautiful, bountiful things that we have in this country. Being rejoicing in those things. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door of utterance. To speak the mystery of Christ. For which I also am in bounds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And it's a beautiful thing that God has given us a tongue. I appreciate the message before. Um, the if we it says in there if we uh, you know we. We praise God. We should not be praising God and cursing men. Uh, we, should, we should praise God and, and you know, understand that men are created in the image of God. But we also understand that there's a time in which God will have to intervene in the affairs of men because men will, will try to destroy himself. The last scripture is in Revelation, in the book of Revelation, and it's in chapter 7. In, in two verses, and I, wanted, I, I don't know if you've thought about this, but it, which, one of these days we're going to be standing there. We're going to watch this happen. We're going to be a part of it because I don't think it just happens once. I think this happens on a regular basis because I think the angels in heaven are, are praising God on a regular basis and, 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 and standing before him and praising, giving thanks, and, and singing praises to God. All the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. Verse 12, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. On this time of Thanksgiving, we enjoy some of the blessings of this bountiful earth, Um, we'll probably have a nice big meal and um, there is entertainment that can be had on those days, but don't forget that the blessings that come to us come from God. The blessings that we receive are godly given, and without him, this nation and this world and this, um, all of the existence would not be there. And you can prove that. You can go and you can prove that God exists. You can prove that he created all things. And so, take that with us when we go to worship God on, on, on Thanksgiving. Take a few minutes. Think about God and what he's doing in, in, in your life and the life of the world and, and, and look forward to the kingdom of God and be thankful and give thanksgiving on the day of thanksgiving.